0: Mount Lebanon, a conversation about the Druze people. And this is a conversation I had with my friend Kamal Tekedin who gave us some insight about Druze history and Druze tradition. One thing I would like to uh, make a note of is that sometimes you'll see the sound quality maybe change a little bit. We did have to change location at one point in the uh, towards the end of the podcast where we were it was about to close so <laughs> so we changed location and also i'm recording this uh in a in a different location as well so uh, and i'm just going to add it in so you'll notice a bit of a change in the sound but i felt the podcast one turned out really good first i have a little bit of a message here and then we'll get right back into the conversation Hello, listeners! Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and I sure hope that you've been enjoying the thoughts given in the Historical Thoughts and Interpretations episodes. But I would like to ask if you would consider making a pledge to the podcast via Patreon. I have many projects in mind for this podcast, and the books, paper, and so on needed to produce the episodes will not be free. Help keep historical thoughts flowing, so that we can interpret the past and learn from it. You may pledge any amount that you like, and whatever you choose to give will be appreciated. If you'd like to donate, go to my Patreon link at patron.podbean.com/historical thoughts, and again, that's patron.podbean/historical thoughts. Now, let's get back to the episode. So, Kamal, thanks a lot for uh, for joining us. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, thank you, Christian. Good in yourself? Good. So uh, so I was just wondering about where, uh, so first about you, like kind of what's your background and what got you interested in studying uh, Drew's history?
1: Well, first of all, uh, I studied political science in Athabasca University, and I recently acquired my uh, graduate certificate in uh, business communications. Oh, from, that's really cool. Yeah, Harvard University. And
0: oh, Harvard. Wow, that's, that's prestigious. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> So, uh, so we're talking about Mount Lebanon. Is there any difference between Mount Lebanon and Lebanon, or is that is Mount Lebanon kind of a, a Druze imagining of the country or or the region?
1: So Lebanon is uh, split into districts even back then, uh, and uh, Mount Lebanon is one of the districts uh, in Lebanon. So it's a miniature province, if you will. Uh, so Mount Lebanon is in the center of uh, Lebanon, both geographically and politically, um, you know, um, as a very uh, strategic point in the east. uh, There were a lot of trade routes that passed towards uh, the mountain. And uh, in fact, uh, it was the powerhouse, uh, sort of say, in the region. And political discourses uh, were born there. Well, history has always been one of my passions. Uh, I did a lot of um, personal research. Um, I do uh, do a lot of archiving for my family. Uh, we do uh, a lot of family trees and, uh, yeah, just um, looking into the historical uh, archives uh, of my community.
0: Well, so in, so in your community, so like, and you also mentioned like family history, Uh, I know my mom has done a lot of that for my family as well, Uh, like genealogy and stuff like that. So what kind of sources do you have for like your personal history documents?
1: Well, uh, one of my uncles actually has a uh, Taqidine family museum. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, in uh, Baqleen, which is our our hometown Mm -hmm. in uh, Mount Lebanon. Mm -hmm. And uh, our main family tree uh, is basically a collection of several uh, ancestral family trees that we inherited from uh, family legacy. And uh, in fact, my uncle made a discovery. Uh, He met a uh, Syrian um, person. Yeah, and um, he showed my uncle a miniature family tree. Uh, of their branch of the family in Syria and he managed to prove to him that they basically branched out from our family to there, immigrated there and uh, they go under the name of Al-Khatib which means the lecturer, they were public speakers in uh, the the Arab mountain or as it's known colloquially the Druze mountain in oh, okay. Syria.
0: And what's that name in Arabic? Uh,
1: yeah, it's uh, Jabal al-Arab or Jabal druze yeah. So
0: you are, you and your family are, are Druze. Um, so if, if somebody hears the word Druze, like what, what can they think of? Like what can they um, identify as,
1: as Druze? All right, so the Druze are um, ethnic minority in the Levant, uh, which is Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, uh, and the region. Um, it is an Abrahamic... Uh, Judeo-Christian uh, tradition, uh, based in the Islamic cult of the region, mm-hmm. uh, which means it basically uh, follows monotheism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does uh, focus on unity between the other traditions, and yes, and the Druze uh, historically have excellent uh, relationships with uh, their neighbors. Uh, they are a political majority uh, in Lebanon in the region, although they are uh, a minority in number.
0: Oh, so it's, it's that's interesting. Yeah, so they're uh, numerically they're a minority, but they have political power, like a lot, like quite a bit of it. Correct. So, oh, very interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess one could think of it too. In, in um, obviously it's a different group <coughs> in a different country, but in Syria there's the Alawites, which are numerically lower, but they there's more power there too. Precisely. Okay, so and and I understand that there's in Lebanon there's a kind of a power-sharing agreement, I suppose, or um, between Druze, uh, Maronite Christians, and Muslims in the area, right?
1: That's right, and uh, these are. Uh Basically, the sects that uh, made Lebanon.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, those three. Oh very interesting. So it's a monotheistic Abrahamic uh, religion, so very similar to Islam, but it also has some some elements that are shared with Christianity, I understand.
1: Yeah, well, I will quote uh, Lamartine to uh, describe, um, you know, the answer uh, a bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a French poet that eats a frequent, uh, emir or prince uh, Bashir uh, al-Shahabi II mm-hmm. in the uh, late 1700s early 1800s Mount Lebanon. Okay. So this is a famous French poet La- Lamartine mm-hmm. used to frequent the prince and uh, w- describing the Druze uh, that he tried to observe he did say that uh, these peoples uh, do not um, affiliate to us um, in the uh, exoteric meaning of things, okay, uh, and he meant the the Christians. Yeah. Okay, uh, but they are m- more m- biblical than us. And w- Yeah, and what he meant by that is that the Druze are a very Puritan tradition that preserved, um, you know, Judeo-Christian and Islamic uh, traditions, mm-hmm. but at the same time, uh, perhaps in his European. Uh, perspective looked more like the Moors or the or the Arabs oh. th- than the than the local Christians.
0: Interesting. So he's saying that he was kind of trying to say that almost the Druze were kind of going back to may I say quote pure religion in a way, perhaps. Okay. Oh, very interesting. Okay, so that that's really interesting. So, like, is there asceticism in in Druze uh, religion and tradition?
1: Well, the Druze uh, do not really perform asceticism, uh, however, uh, there are ancient um, spiritual historic sites in Mount Lebanon. Yeah. Um, one of the most uh, revered ones is uh, Pro- uh, Prophet Job's uh, grotto. you were there, weren't you? Yes. Yeah, that's really cool. And this is from the Old Testament, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, and um, a lot of the Druze priests or sheiks do, uh, you know, welcome people there, right? And they they do perform uh, prayers there and, you know, just to... uh, uh, keep the place sacred for everyone etc oh. uh, but yeah they're not necessarily an, an aesthetic tradition in fact they are very uh, out there in the community it's a very working uh, uh, class kind of uh, uh, society
0: oh, okay so yeah very very active and, and open and everything so in a way so if you so if one says Druze that could mean you're kind of talking about a religious group but also an ethnic group in a way Yes, precisely. Okay, very interesting. And so, are Druze the ethnically? Are they Arabic? Do they mostly speak Arabic, or do they speak other languages as well?
1: Yes, um, uh, most of the Druze came from the uh, Arabs of Yemen. Mm, Okay. Yeah. However, in in a recent historic document, um, there's a historian that also uh, there's an American historian, in fact, that also. Uh, attributes uh, documents um, attributes to documents that say that the Druze also had relations with uh, the the Crusaders oh Uh, and the first in fact the first Crusaders so
0: the first Crusaders all that came in the late 11th century if I remember correctly
1: precisely yeah that historian is called uh, T.J. Gorton.
0: D J Gorton. Okay. Yeah,
1: and uh, yeah. However, yeah. The 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 predominant theory is that uh, the Druze are Arabs. Yeah. And their um, mother tongue is Arabic. Right. Although they're they're also um, you know uh, there 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 are. Uh, Big diaspora, so mm-hmm. they do speak other languages as well.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, you speak uh, Arabic, English, and French, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Oh, very cool. Well, I guess with Lebanon being in an, in an area with former French colonies and everything like that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now that we've talked about a bit about the Druze religion, the faith, um, and the ethnicity and languages mm-hmm. and so on, uh, what a, so like what a Druze person might be? Um, so what about uh, what about Druze history? Um, uh, you mentioned the Crusades. You have. Uh, can you say anything more about that?
1: Yes. Uh, in fact, there are a lot of documents that attribute um, or talk about. You know the the first Crusaders uh, meeting with uh, the Druze people in uh, in Mount Lebanon mainly, and 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 also in in the uh, Arab Mountain in Syria. So. Uh, uh, there are several stories. Uh, one of the predominant ones is that while the Crusaders were fighting with uh, Saladin, uh, Ayubi, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the the Sunni Curl Muslims. Leaders. Yeah. C- correct. Yeah. Uh, the Druze took a very um, neutral mm. uh, a, a stance to the uh, uh, clashes. Yeah. Um, However, they also were uh, they, they also were very very welcoming to both parties, and uh, in fact, uh, a lot of the uh, uh, the, the the Crusaders' phalanxes, such as the Knights Templar, um, and the the Knights of Malta or the Knights the, of Rhodes,
0: or the Hospitalier and yeah.
1: exactly uh, from their perspective, they recorded having met with the Druze uh, of Lebanon, and. Um, uh, having uh, um, shared a lot of you know of, of each other's traditions uh, together,
0: because there's that kind of a combined uh, 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 Christian tradition as well. Oh, there's a little bit of a Christian influence in the in the Druze faith, so there's a connection there.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, and the uh, and the fact remains that the Druze are very were historically very diplomatic uh, uh, sect. Uh, and uh, they they were less interested in, in, uh, in wars and more in the preservation of the land and of peace treaties. So they only, uh, uh, you know, uh, got into wars in self-defense. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So not a whole lot of expansion and everything like that. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, and uh, these documents are very scarce and uh, the accounts are very obscure. Uh, yes. Uh.
0: So there's so there's a fair amount of stuff,
1: but yeah, it's kind of
0: like um, <laughs> kind of my experience. Like uh, I would like to do more more of it. Like, but sometimes you know, looking at Russian chronicles, for example, like there's a fair amount of Russian chronicles. The primary chronicle is the big one, and all that kind of stuff. But you know, mm-hmm. these chronicles were written 200 years after the supposed events take place, and all that kind of stuff. So, so one professor of mine, he. Um, uh, he described it this way like if you come across an early Russian document you're like like please gimme gimme (laughs) gimme so it kind of sounds like it's the same case with the Druze and the and the Crusades but uh, but in any case the Druze kind of took a neutral position um, in a way as much as they could Mm -hmm. Um, yeah okay well that's very interesting as well so um, I know that that also you 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 and I have talked a bit in the past about the Druze uh, going beyond the Middle East Um, not just uh, you talked about diaspora but that's more in the modern period Uh, What about beyond the Middle East, like kind of in the Middle Ages or or some other time period? You mentioned the Druze and the Medici, actually.
1: Yes. Uh, In fact, in the Middle Ages, um, a lot of the European scholars and the Middle Eastern scholars used to travel through the... uh, commercial routes of uh, the Ottoman Empire okay yeah yeah and both accounts were very naive and and, uh, ignorant in fact (laughs) Uh, yeah so uh, from both sides so for instance you had like uh, Middle Eastern travelers go to the to the to Europe and European scholars coming to the Middle East and uh, the accounts were very orientalist like all all of what they saw was from the perspective of a European right but uh, decades from that, uh, when we talk more about the Renaissance period, yeah, uh, the people who were interested in each other's traditions started settling in these areas, started learning the language and started uh, living with the locals. Oh, so yeah. the perspectives changed. Quite a bit.
0: It's not just this idea of this exotic East, like that's what Orientalism is all about. Exactly. You know, the the exotic East. It's it's fascinating, it's mm-hmm. it's mysterious, it's mystical. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. that's changing. absolutely
1: um, and and you can see a lot of that in Edward Said's books. Okay. Orientalism. Edward Said's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um in the re- Renaissance, uh, you know, precisely the Italian uh, Renaissance that happened in Tuscany and uh, Florence. Right, right. Uh, you can start seeing uh, some serious diplomatic communication okay. uh, between East and West, and precisely uh, between uh, the Druze of Mount Lebanon, mm-hmm. which one, which were under Ottoman influence. Right. And. The Medici family in Tuscany.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Medici elsewhere as well, or just in Tuscany?
1: So the Medici family were based in Florence. Yes. They were a banking family, of course, and yeah, but uh, mainly they were they were based there. But they also had some major influence in Europe. For example, four of the popes were uh, consecutive popes Medici, Pope. Pope. That's Medici right. yeah.
0: So okay, so you talk about the Druze and the Medici. Was there any kind of, um, uh, are you aware of any kind of connection, like you know, like Medici competing with the Ottomans somehow, and then that's like the Druze are kind of a a way to kind of counteract the the, the Turks, or is that just uh, just communication, like unilateral
1: uh, relationship? Okay, with them? so here's the short story. Uh, we know that the first accounts between the Druze and uh, uh, Tuscan... Um, Medici? Uh, Medici, but even before the Medici. Mm. Uh, noble families yeah. in Tuscany such as the Pazzi mm. and uh, mm. uh, a lot of the, the local families there, right. the Albizzi, uh, were during the cru- Crusades uh, period. Okay. Now, uh, fast forward to the Renaissance, Uh, specifically uh, late 1500s early 1600s uh, there is a certain uh, character okay called um, fakhr Man the second
0: okay uh,
1: which is a Druze warlord oh yeah Yeah. and uh, he had direct uh, diplomatic communication with the Medici Mm that started by the Medici themselves actually sending letters from Florence to Niha uh, in the Shuf uh, region in Mount Lebanon. Uh, we know that for a fact now from historic documents from the Medici uh, private libraries and from uh, the historian that I aforementioned um, research. Uh-huh. Uh, now, yeah, so they started the communication. Oh, very okay? interesting. Yeah. Uh, and the way it happened was uh, Cosimo de' Medici II, uh, which was the Grand Duke of Tuscany, yeah. uh, wanted to develop a relationship with an ally in the yeah. east yeah yeah so the main powerhouse in the east back then was the grand port of the uh, Ottoman the Sultanate. sublime part. Yeah. the sublime port of the Ottoman Sultanate yeah yeah so uh, what had happened was the uh, West um, started having um, you know a scarce uh, economic status uh, versus the uh, the Ottoman Commercial routes, which were uh, the predominant method of, of commerce right. between east and west, mm-hmm. so uh, and 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 the the grand port or the sublime port was uh, it, it was very much um, hopeful or or uh, or um, ambitious in. Uh,
0: expanding their uh, their their economic influence and everything. Yeah, that's
1: that's the most diplomatic way to say it. They, <laughs> they, yeah, they yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were uh, they were very much uh, a, a raider uh, culture mm. uh, or or an expandatory culture in terms of uh, for politics. Right, right. Yeah. So um, so in that sense the Medici family which were the masters of uh, Tuscany mm-hmm. um, but you know by the law of the land or in de facto they were masters of europe right yeah so they wanted to develop uh, an ally so they uh, they have a very um prudent way okay of you know remembering uh, uh, their own history and they know of th- th- this uh, um, people in mount lebanon uh, from their historic accounts so and uh, they also have a very um, bargaining chip factor or, or like a, a, a great, you know, piece of information uh, is that the Druze, under fakhr uh leadership, yeah. were very, um, you know, were very much in opposition to the Ottoman Empire. Mm. Um, and not uh, blatantly back then, yeah. but for example, um, the Ottoman Sultanate or Empire, uh performed something called uh tax farming right
0: yeah. yes uh yeah. sort of like uh i don't think it was called this under the uh ottoman system but it was like kind of like ikta um in the arabic uh, sides but at the turks i'm not
1: sure what they call it precisely precisely yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was it was um very much of a feudal system yeah okay so and the Druze um often refused to pay taxes okay yeah so uh but at the same time they maintained uh a semi-upper hand Mm. with the local pashas of the of the uh, ottoman empire right yeah uh in several ways one of one of the one of their advantage was uh the way the land is positioned Mm -hmm. so as you know in in uh, military um theory uh, heights have advantage. That's right, defensive yeah. position. Yes, and and minorities uh, used to seek refuge in these uh, in these heights. Right. Uh, the two main, in fact, that we, we should mention here that the two main um, minorities in, in in Mount Lebanon uh, were uh, the Maronites mm-hmm. and the Druze.
0: Maronite Christians. Yeah. Yes.
1: So so they had this uh, Judeo Christian. Um, uh ties yeah. there's has these ties and and at, at the same time uh the the ottomans saw seek to divide right so what had happened was that these peoples uh maintained a very uh, dynamic relationship with the ottomans uh, that fluctuated a lot and was very volatile yeah yes so um and at the same time, the Druze the, the uh, managed to, to uh, uh, make of their state, uh, in a way, a semi independent state. Mm. al Almani was a um, political genius uh, that maintained a land that uh, was bigger than modern Lebanon, in fact. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it went from like Mount Lebanon to parts of Syria and, and the surrounding regions. Mm. Yes. Uh, so, uh, th- th- yeah, back to the Medici. So, under Cosimo II's um, leadership, uh, Fakhraddin started receiving letters from Tuscany, uh, and we should also mention that the Shuf region in Mount Lebanon is called the Shuf uh, after the 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 Arabic meaning of. Uh, a sight seeing or going or to it, see
0: it's kind of like to see yeah yes. I'm, I'm looking thinking back to uh, Rashid Taha he's an uh, Algerian uh, pop uh O'Brien artist, artist he had this song called Shuf, like look <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Precisely. and the reason was uh, the, um, the the early Druze uh, and Maronites in the region uh, saw these places to foresee uh, any uh, Sunni Muslim attacks from the opposition or or the the adversary uh, uh, phalanges of 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 the other sects that ruled the the other areas in Lebanon? Okay. Yeah, which again, it's a feudal system, right? Yeah, right. Right. Yes, so, so uh, it's
0: not quite unified. Like, so the yes. the sultan in in uh, Istanbul could or. You know of course it used to be constantinople but can be he he has some authority but yeah. only so much
1: yes yeah. and, and 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 the uh the port also had st- stronger ties with uh, with uh, with uh, the uh, sunni islamic sects that were there yes uh right for obvious reasons like for uh you know since More of a similarity in tradition, etc. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Although uh, the Jews were close friends to the Ottomans, Mm. but with those differences, this was these were the dynamics.
0: Right. So. It was, it was a really tenuous relationship. It was like, exactly. yeah, we're under the Ottomans and, and we'll, we'll maintain relations, but we're also going to hedge our bets with these Medici over here, yeah. which are rivals of the Ottomans.
1: And in fact, the, the Shiite uh, Muslims, which today are a majority in Lebanon, mm-hmm. back then were a minority uh, themselves. Mm. Uh, and they were more of a Bedouin tradition that came to the to south of Lebanon. Yes, yeah, So so back then, the main focus in Mount Lebanon were on these two traditions and basically, the 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 uh, uh, the action of preserving a Jewish Christian tradition in the mountain, uh, uh, precisely in a geopolitical or uh, or um, uh, demographic manner, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in response to the expenditure of the uh, Ottoman. Tax farms.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so the uh, connections with the Medici are ways to counteract this. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And so, what kind of? Um, so, obviously, there's diplomatic uh, relations between the Druze and the Medici. Uh, was there anything that the? Are you aware of anything where the Ottomans tried to stop this?
1: Yes, in fact, uh, during that uh, period, uh, the Druze and the Sunnis, uh, or Sunni Muslims in Lebanon. Uh, had uh, very um, uh, aggressive encounters. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Fakhruddin although although um, he enjoyed a very high status and, and kind of grandiose... Um, 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 how do you say, like... Um,
0: Grandeur, he was kind of a uh, loud, bombastic... Yes, or,
1: or in optics, he was, oh. he was kind of a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, his rivals, the, the Sunnis... In in uh, in Lebanon, um, or or their feudal society, uh, used to make jokes about. So Fakhr Din was a smaller man, and uh, they used to make jokes that if uh, Fakhr Din's cup, or or glass, uh, fell from his pocket on his horse, yeah, it, it wouldn't break on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Basically, saying you're so small, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So so. Back to uh, um, Renaissance Tuscany, uh, the the Europeans sought uh, um alliance, and Fakhraddin needed uh, uh, another uh, powerhouse to back him right. against his attempts to rebel against uh, the the Ottoman Sultanate. Right. So what had happened is uh, Fakhraddin self exiled or made a trip to a diplomatic trip to Tuscany met with the Grand Duke uh, of the Medici and he sought refuge under uh, or in their court. Hmm. Yes, Uh, there a very interesting relationship had developed. Uh, Fakhruddin in many of their or or Italian uh, manuscripts uh, under the name Fakhruddin was a very respected uh, and very welcomed uh, Middle Eastern Jews was a monarch yeah yeah uh, he um, there were castles built there for him uh, he brought a lot of uh, uh, tradition from the Italian rena- or from the European Renaissance mm-hmm. back to the Middle East mm, two of the most interesting things he had brought back with him yeah Are architecture so Levantine architect architecture is a an, a, an obvious uh, mixture uh, or fusion yeah. of uh, of islamic uh, art or architecture and uh, italian uh, tuscan ah. uh, yeah uh, houses very
0: interesting yeah. and specifically in Druze areas this happens or is that just levantine in yeah, general yeah
1: in mount lebanon specifically in lebanon uh, but yeah. it also it also has influences in other places in lebanon like beirut the capital city it's oh yeah mm-hmm. and the second interesting uh, Aspect factor Dean brought back to him um, with him is uh, the agricultural terraces in uh, Mount Lebanon. Oh yeah, right where where the um, the farmers would uh, would uh, plant, right? So yeah, huh? That is really cool.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh, nothing, but nothing like a military alliance or trade alliance or anything like that,
1: eh? In fact, there was. Uh, So the Medici backed. The Druze warlord, uh, a lot, uh, you know, uh, um, military-wise, um, but it it didn't uh, it didn't develop much. Uh, there's only so much you can
0: do trying to get past uh, the Ottomans, and so Italy is it's pretty. It's like in the middle of the Mediterranean, and then to go all the way to Lebanon, you know, there's a lot of Ottomans to go through <laughs> as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. precisely. And what had happened is, um, in in uh, in uh, absence, the Ottomans were very well aware of of what was uh, taking place, and they assassinated Fakhraddin's son. Oh yeah. So um, uh, historians believe that this affected his psychology a lot. Oh, I would imagine. Yeah, and yeah, in in political psychology, this would be fatal in a feudal family right ah. where you know uh, this was fakir heir you know to the yeah, throne yeah. kind of thing right so uh, what had happened was a a, a very visual decline mm. of uh yeah the man tradition after after these uh, um these these aggressions and what happened eventually is the ottomans um Oppressed uh, the man uh, re- rebellions. Oh yeah. Yes, uh, Fakhraddin fled to uh, his historian um, or historic, uh, sorry, um, a tower mm-hmm. in in the, in the Shuf region, uh, in Niha specifically. The villi- yeah. yeah, it's a it's a village in Mount Lebanon, and uh, the Ottomans an Ottoman phalanx. Uh, followed him up to to the, to the tip of the tower uh, where it is it is uh, said in legend that Fakhruddin fell uh, with his horse from the tip of the tower ha. yeah to the valley and um, and vanished so.
0: But and vanished, didn't die, vanished. Kind of like a King Arthur idea, coming <laughs> back, coming back. <laughs> That's very interesting. Uh, is there a lot of myth about uh, Fakhraddin? Like uh, a lot of poetry and and legends that you've seen, or or is it mostly historical records?
1: Well, um, uh, it is said in in most historic books um, that Fakhraddin never trusted uh, any one in his life. Oh yeah including his family. Hmm. Uh, he had some major trust issues as <laughs> <laughs> they would say today. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, There was more uh, historic lore about Fakhruddin's mother oh, uh, as it was said uh, she was a bit of a mystic yeah.
0: Ah, yeah. So, so there's a little bit more about about her anything else that kind of makes them focus on her?
1: Um, not a lot of, uh, a lot of documentation about that. Uh, but I'll tell you something. Um, Fakhraddin's childhood was, um, you know, kind of mysterious, as uh, in the man tradition, which so so the man is uh, was a, um, a, a historic clan in oh, the Jews, right. right? Yeah, yeah. Or kind of like a noble family, right? Uh, so Fakhraddin's uh, forefathers. Had all, uh, you know, been uh, been martyrs in, in their constant uh, constant um, rebellion against uh, the
0: Ottomans and
1: yes, and and, and, con- and constant uh, mainly struggles uh, against the uh, Ottomans' uh, expenditure, you know, tax taxation farms. Mm-hmm. Now uh, there is a, an interesting fact about Fakhraddin's uh, childhood. Uh, As I said, Fakhruddin's father even, the Korkmaz Al-Man, or Al-Mani, was also assassinated by the uh, Ottomans uh, in the same tower. Oh, wow. And um, what had happened was Fakhruddin inherited a lot of of, uh, rebellion uh, that when he was born, his mother hid him from the Ottomans Mm -hmm. in order... uh, just for the Druze prince to survive, sort of thing. Right. Yeah, uh, so that he can f- be uh, fit to rule You're right. uh, when he's old enough. Right. So there are two theories of where uh, Fakhraddin had resided when he was a child. Um, one theory is that he's re- resided with um, another Druze emir or prince which was uh, Saif al-Din al mm-hmm. okay? And by the way, the kids are another um, Druze noble family or, or clan. Oh, right? okay, so Tanuk. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, the Tannukites. And uh, this is one theory, but the other theory, which is more predominant historically, is that Fakir al-Din was um, hidden in his childhood, um, with uh, the house of Al-Kazin, oh, okay. which is a Maronite Christian house, oh
0: okay, yeah, which were
1: friends of of the Al- Almanis, right? Seems
0: like a common theme of the yes. Druze and Maronite Christian friendships, yes, yeah. uh,
1: alliances and, and sometimes um, um, okay. competitive or yes, so competitive uh, relationship. Well, okay, but, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and well, give and take. <laughs> is, and uh, the what had happened was, uh, Fakhraddin developed. Uh, sentiments or or like a good relationship with the maronites of uh, uh, mount lebanon yep and in fact he was the one responsible for welcoming uh the the expenditure of the maronite christians into their new home oh wow uh, the uh, yeah the mount lebanon oh. uh, so w- when he when he was older he developed some serious alliances with the maronite christians mm-hmm. and he welcomed them to the Shuf. Wow. Uh, Now, fast forward to eighteen sixty. There was some uh, serious clashes between the two groups. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Between the Maronites and the Druze. Yes,
1: and in fact, there is a recent novel called um, uh, "The Druze of Belgrade." Oh yes. Yeah, which talks about how uh, when when the Druze clans uh, fought or. uh, you know, one the uh, the cl- uh, over the clashes uh, from the um, from from the attacks over their um, uh territories and yes, yeah, a- yeah. and f- and feudal lands. Mm-hmm. Uh, the French had ousted uh, or you know interfered with their influence, right? And ousted many of, of the Druze uh, warriors mm. uh, to Belgrade. Oh and, yeah, wow! Yeah. To <laughs> Belgrade of all places. Yeah, uh, Austria-Hungary at the time. Yes. Uh, so oh no! Sorry,
0: Ottomans at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, precisely. Yeah, yeah. So if you, uh, yeah, if you compare these two eras, uh, that would turn out to be pretty interesting. <laughs>
0: mm, yeah! Wow, that's that's very interesting. Okay, so like for for modern day uh, period, we we did talk a little bit about uh, Druze in modern times. Uh, that there's a sizable diaspora abroad beyond the Levant and everything. What about the uh, Druze dynamics like today, like in the in the modern world? Is there some comment to there?
1: Well, uh, currently, with the Syrian uh, war's turmoil Mm. uh, in the region, uh, the Jews are in a very sensitive uh, spot. Right. Yes, where um, they are kind of... uh, Historically in Lebanon, they are, again, a political majority, and mainly because they are um, sort of like the... uh, uh, the middle, right? Oh yeah, the, the, in the middle yeah, of everything. Yes, they are the middleists, uh, and they're often uh, the ones who play the role of uh, uh, kind of like the the Senate, right? Uh, oh, okay. Because when both parties cannot decide on a thing, they will refer to this minority for balance or for or uh, for split voting, sort of like uh, split the vote. Wow. Uh. So. However, the, the Druze are uh, historic friends of the, uh, the other sects in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are known to be uh, peacekeepers in the region. Uh, so, uh, this is their current status, and uh, there is uh, a lot of uh, Druze communities across the world. Uh, Edmonton is, is uh, actually uh, the biggest, has the biggest Druze community in Canada. Oh, very uh, cool. Y- yeah, 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 just above Toronto.
0: Okay, great. So, as far as like sources, like if people want to learn more about uh, Druze history and everything like that, um, what sources could you point them to uh, in English or even in Arabic or in French?
1: Uh, T.J. Gorton wrote a really good book uh, called Renaissance Emir, uh, subtitled A Druze Warlord at the Court of the Medici. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a very well-acclaimed uh, history book. Uh, in the recent documents um, about the topic, and the reason is, for the first time, uh, there was a conversation in one book uh, from, you know, the uh, Middle Eastern perspective, mm-hmm. as well as the private libraries to the, of the Medici, which he had access to.
0: Oh wow! So it's yeah. yeah. So he gets the 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 local perspective in both accounts, in both the Medici and the. Drew's
1: uh, sides, precisely. And as an orientalist, uh, he also had a pretty, you know, uh, first-hand approach on things. He knew he uh, Arabic, so um, he he wrote the fir- primary sources, not the translations. And I think he also had uh, Italian documents translated, etc. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and there's also a really important book. Uh, about um, our context in French by uh, Alphonse de Lamartine, the French poet I had mentioned before. Uh, And the book is called uh, Notes d'un Voyageur, or Notes uh, of a Traveler. Uh, Yeah, And and he talks about uh, more of the, you know, Prince, uh, Emir uh, al shahabi era, which is, uh, again, like in the late 1700s, early 1800s, uh, but there's a lot of uh, great historic accounts about uh, the minorities or the political majorities of uh, Mount Lebanon um, yeah, in the, in the, in, uh, the, the pre-modernist um, yeah, political landscape. In Arabic, there is a, a scholar called Dr. Sami Makarim, uh, which is a, you know, one of the most, if not the most, revered Druze um, scholar. Uh, and he wrote a history book um, in Arabic. It's called Lebanon في عهد الأمراء which means Lebanon in the uh, era of the Tanukid emirs. Mm-hmm. And I really like that book because it sheds more light on the Tanukid era rather than the man and the, the era we, we focused on tonight. Mm. Um, and uh, this is a really glorious era where uh, Mount Lebanon was initiated by the Druze emirs and uh, their uh, emirate or like their princedom uh, went as far as to reach to to uh, to Jordan. Oh wow.
0: Yeah. Okay, so now uh, uh perhaps the most important question. Uh if I go to Lebanon, what must I see and uh, what restaurant should I go to?
1: <laughs> well, if you like uh history and particularly that history, uh it's a good idea to go to um to to mount lebanon to to uh dar al kamar which is uh, uh you know the city state of the emirs in that era and uh, and to beit Adin, of course where there are many um you know magnificent castles of these eras uh <clears throat> as for a restaurant in the area there's a good restaurant called garbatella in bakleen my hometown <laughs> oh okay and yeah. there's also uh, a new restaurant called bayt al kamar which means house of the moon in the in in al kamar so yeah and of course beirut you know it's uh it's a very uh you know culinary culture in terms of metropolitan cities you know pre- pretty unique so
0: okay that's great all right well, oh, thank you so much for uh for for chatting with us today and this uh it was really fun thanks a lot for for coming in
1: thanks